What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. It's Tuesday. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here with you, and we have a lot to go over. We are going to be starting with some big news out of the CFL, a team that I think I may or may not have cursed. We will get there, though. A lot going on in the OUA over the weekend as well. Martian Wade held it down on the OUA show on Sunday. I was not there for that one, obviously. But uh, yeah, a lot going on. How you doing? I'm good. We had a great football weekend in Canada. We had the Rouge Zone, which uh, shout out to Jim Mullen, the Crown Gridiron Nation gang. That was uh, awesome. Everyone, everyone involved for getting that one up and going off the ground. Uh, certainly good to see Canadian football at all levels highlighted in an accessible manner where everyone can find it. And uh, Aaron Giesler and a lot of people have been saying, like, let's make this a weekly thing. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. If they if they need people to go and be a part of it and support, I will be there weekly. Hi, we'll yes. Yeah, we'll help. What's I'm up? no I'm no Scott Hansen, but I if like this is a thing and Jim Mullen can't physically do it every week because of he has because of him having presidential duties to attend to, being you know El <laughs> so Presidente. The, the congressional um, duties that he has to the congressional duties of football Canada, then yeah, like I <laughs> it's it's something that should happen for Canadian football. Uh it was great to see coast to coast uh coverage and it needs to be a more frequent thing yeah no it was awesome it was great to see i i absolutely loved the the idea of the rouge zone and you know when i was kind of reading through when they made the initial announcement i saw it and i was like dude this is a this is a great idea i'm looking around the room like going what the hell i'm super excited for this because it's not something that we've ever really had or seen or have had in canadian football for content like this to highlight literally every single level going on like we had oua games we had can west games there was quebec conference games cjfl games like yeah yeah, no it was just it was a really really great thing to watch and see and the only thing that would highlight it more is if they were able to reach a deal and get like cfl games on there too where then you could literally have level by level in canadian football so um certainly something to look to in the future uh hopefully it comes back though yeah speaking of coming back <laughs> trevor harris is coming back to the east before oh my we goodness before we talk too much about that we should mention that sada city brewing company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more this October, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. You CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And get geared up for game day with Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For all of your whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com. The Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40. So again, for all of your whistle needs, all of your return to play needs, visit fox40shop.com. When you do, enter the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. So I mentioned it. Let's talk about it. Um, Yeah, he's going to Montreal now. Uh, The deal is done. They are sending Trevor Harris to Montreal in exchange for Antonio Simmons. We're not even going to talk about the the specifics of this deal, whether who won the trade, blah, 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 because it's absolute malarkey. There's no reason to talk about this. 
We are just going to talk about the fact that Trevor Harris has been traded and is going to Montreal. And what the hell? Did you have this on your preseason bingo card? Trevor Harris getting traded back east? No, 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 absolutely not. No, I did not. Uh, like, my question, my question is though, like, why? Yes, I think that's everybody's question. Why, like, why, why for Montreal though? Like, I'm, I'm questioning that because VA is only out five more weeks. He's on the six-game <laughs> injured list. He's not on the season-ending IR, which means well, he comes back in time for playoffs. Matt Schiltz looked very good. I know rule of three, but Schiltz has been in the league a long time as a backup. He's filled in in spots and looked good. And he looked good against Ottawa as well. So are you really that unconfident in Schiltz that you're like, oh, you know, we just won, but damn, let's go get Trevor Harris so that he can fly across the country, learn an entirely new offensive system, fill in for a handful of games before we just hand the keys back to Vernon Adams. Because when VA comes back, you're not keeping Trevor Harris in. Well, here's my question with that. Because they are bringing in Trevor Harris, because they did go out and get Trevor Harris, is this injury a little bit more significant than you know we're being led to believe? Does this Trevor Harris trade, does going out and acquiring Harris signify at all that this might be a little bit more serious than we initially anticipated like we haven't heard since the initial injury we haven't heard any news really on on a status update of va which you know it's fine we don't often do it's it's not like that that's not take quote unquote public information that they're putting out like they do with like the nfl ones and even then there's you know people have been sued for for putting out doctor's reports that shouldn't have gone out but to like does a little bit to me this kind of goes like hey this this VA injury might be a little bit more long-term than we were thinking. And like, yeah, Schiltz is good as that stopgap if VA was coming back for that five games. But if you're Montreal and you're looking at where you are in the standings right now, you know, yeah, you want to you're, – you're in position, but you want to secure that position. And even to further that, like, they want to win. They're in win-now mode a little bit. Going out and tra- getting Trevor Ayers signifies to me that – Maybe they don't have all the faith in the world in Schultz. Yeah, he looked pretty good in game one against Ottawa, but it was still a tight game against Ottawa. It was a nine-point game against Ottawa. So do they go out and get that proven guy because VA is going to be out a little bit longer? But if he's out longer, then put him on the season-ending IR. Like, don't put him on the six-game injured list. But what if he's not? That's the thing. It's like, what if he's more hurt than we thought he is, but what if he's not at the same but time? But if he's I mean, more hurt, then they would have put him on the season ending. Like, that's my thing. Like, if you made the decision to go with, because you had the option, right? Like, you could have just said week by week. You could have just said six game, or you could have done season ending. They chose six game, which to me means, you know, it's a four to five week injury, but they have to do the six game. So he'll come back after the six game healthy and ready to rock, like, I don't know. I, I don't – it kind of seems like a panic button. Yeah. Like they just were like, oh, oh, let's go get him. But I don't know. This, but they didn't uh, give up. They didn't give up, like, a lot. You, you traded a rotation defensive player, a rotation yeah. defensive lineman at that. Like, it's fine. I'm fine with, yeah. with the specifics of the trade, but I'm confused as to why you felt you needed to do it. And for Edmonton, like, why did you get a defensive end? Like, is it just special teams player? Because you have a good D-line. Like, out of everything on your team, that is what you need to add to the least. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. They got some value for Trevor Harris, though, so you can't really complain with Edmonton. Uh, Just, uh, 
what does this mean for like is does Taylor Cornelius the starting quarterback yeah. of the Edmonton nope, Elks yep. now? I mean, yeah, I mean, but for how long? For this season? For next season? Like, what is the trajectory? What is the what's the future of Taylor Cornelius here? Is he the guy in Edmonton for the next year or? He two? is the guy until they can sign someone in free agency. Because I have a feeling uh, that Nick Arbuckle. I have a feeling that they're going to get into free agency and go. Oh wow, we can get yeah. another big name quarterback. Oh, oh well, let's let's go do that. It's like well. You had one. It's, it's uh, kind of, I don't know. I, Cornelius should be, like, they've talked enough about him, put enough confidence in to his name that, like, you f- would think they go for him next year, but oh, well. Before we move on, I just have one more question. I mean, what does this mean for Trevor Harris's future, too? I mean, it, is he going to be a free to, agent at the end of the year? I guess, yeah. So, I mean, he can sign where he wants to, um, <clears throat> Ottawa, but... I guess, yeah, yeah, he'll be a free agent. So he's just kind of being brought in to fill in for potentially four or five games for Vernon Adams. But, yeah, I guess we'll see. But, yep, Players of the Week, let's move back into the OUA. Let's go back to some U Sports football. Players of the Week. Keon Edwards. No Trey Humes this week for the Western Mustangs as they hosted the Windsor Lancers. Keon Edwards just kind of said, okay, yeah, I got us. Don't worry, guys. Uh 29 for 171 and two touchdowns. They did have a home run hitter, though. Even without Trey, they had uh, Keanu Yazbek, five for 74 and one. So uh, Keon had a big time run early in the game that kind of set the tone, went for about 40-plus yards, um, just breaking tackles off the right side. He just carries the team, right? Like Keon Edwards and then... Austin Ford and Miller and the defense and you just win. That's your recipe. Give the ball to Keon. He'll break tackles. He'll gain a ton of yards. And then you got OUA players of the week. I mean, at this point is our OUA MVP race coming down to running backs in a year where we thought it would be Trey and Tanner and clay. It's been Rasheed Tucker and Keon Edwards stealing the show. Yeah, no, I have to agree. I mean, who who in the OUA right now is doing what these two are doing? I mean, outside of Trey Humes, because it doesn't count because he's in the same backfield as Keon Edwards and he's getting the ball when Keon Edwards does not. So, I mean, outside of those like two and a half, three guys, I guess, whatever. Um, yeah, who, who's doing what they're doing? Nobody really. No, it's, uh, it's certainly a sight to be seen and the Mustangs know they have someone special. It's why they're giving them the rock close to 30 times in the game. Um, defense though, James Gregg, Toronto varsity blues. Oh yeah. We are going there. Uh, they played York in the Argo cup, red and blue bowl. He showed it lots of sacks, two sacks, three TFLs, six tackles and a forced fumble. Uh, he was all over the place. He was flying left, right, and center big hits when he was in the backfield and uh, he made a big difference for the Blues in this game. Yeah, big day for the Varsity Blue. I feel like the the thing that jumps out to me, like when you read out that stat line, is just like how much he was able to disrupt the game flow for York and how much he was in the backfield. I mean, even if he wasn't the one that was getting the stat on a certain play, like he was wreaking havoc and absolutely blowing up the formation of the offensive play. Like the dude was just a hammer all game long. Yeah, he was. And uh, when you like look at the game film on it it's like he came off the edge and it was like oh wow okay uh it's a big hit (laughs) 
when you look at the game film, like you said, like it's not always his tackled that makes the play, but it's his presence in the backfield that allows someone else to to get out and p- coming from middle linebacker and being able to make those plays uh, deep in opposing territory changes the game for Toronto. And even if you're like, even if you're just having a good game, it forces the offensive line to kind of back up under their heels a little bit and be aware of where you are on the field. You kind of forces some, you know, unsureness in the offensive line. I know that's not a word, but like, yeah, I'm going to use it because it creates some, some confusion or some disruption, but uncertainty, uncertainty. There we go. Good word. That's the word um, I was looking for. You know what? It's, it's early. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, but no, like that's something you don't need to have too. When you have Malcolm Campbell off the edge, right? Like you don't need to be worrying about a linebacker when you have a freak, one of the country's best pass rushers just sitting there. Um, special teams. It feels like this one's been long overdue. Um, yes we know what this guy we know what this guy does when you kick the ball to him and i said this with marsh uh on our oua show like if he's standing back there don't kick the ball to him clark barnes guelph griffins uh 109 i believe was the final total on the yardage i counted 108 uh big kickoff return touchdown this is kind of at a point too in the game where it was like you know waterloo just scored the touchdown it was getting closer like could they make a comeback they kicked the ball off following the touchdown and Clark Barnes just said "Mm, no thanks game's over uh just took off corner to corner uh went up through the middle around to the other side and it was gone um I'm shocked like I am shocked that we are sitting here entering week six of the OUA season and Clark Barnes just scored his first return touchdown because you're right like when you see this dude on the field backed up waiting to receive a kick, like you just don't kick it to him. You just don't because he does stuff like this. I know he hasn't done it yet on the season, but it was bound to happen. I like how you said it was long overdue because it finally did happen. North of a hundred yard kickoff return. Yeah. That'll probably land you the, the player of the week, especially when you put the exclamation point on a win over the top 10 team. That is the Waterloo warriors. Former. Top ten team. They yeah, they're should, probably gonna they, get bounced after that. After that, yeah, for sure. And that concludes our players of the week. So Keon Edwards, James Gregg, Clark Barnes, we got a bevy of colors today. We've got purple, blue, and red. Um, I guess that kind of works. I mean, they all go together. Uh, down to Can West, though. Down go the Dinos. Uh, second half was a big comeback from the Manitoba Bisons. I turned it off at halftime. I think it was like 17-2 that came 20-5. And then all of a sudden it was like Manitoba, 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 Jackson Tuchinski, Jackson Tuchinski. Like, oh my goodness. And then a timely interception for the defense. And Bob's your uncle game's over. So Manitoba, 3-0. Calgary, 1-2. Wow. Can West flipped on its head this year. Yeah, I don't like I don't really know what's going on in the Can West anymore. Yeah, I, I was shocked by this game. I mean, I it was a game that I full well. I know Manitoba is playing very good football this year, but it was a game that I still really did expect Calgary to come away with a win from. There was opportunity there for them to win the game, obviously being up 20 to 5. I mean, come on, hold your leads. That's that's what good teams do. Good teams get up and they win, they hold on to those leads. But yeah, I mean, Phil Potts held to under 100 yards in this one as well. Yeah, I mean, they 
they still made their their presence felt like there's a huge touchdown over double coverage they they called it triple coverage uh on the broadcast so like a, a third like cover two linebacker who was deep that was like falling under it after he had already made the catch uh there's a sideline grab which i was just like oh wow like that was a twitchy play like stabs it two feet down third foot extra tap for the measure and tries to stretch it uh i was like oh my like that's a that was a twitchy play like it said and um for the fill pots like they just didn't have the volume of catches but I mean, it left Nate Durkin open, who had a big day for the Dinos. He was well over 100 yards uh, and touchdown. Uh, but just the offense just couldn't get going in the second half. I think they tried to put it away with the run game uh, when they came out in the second half. And as Manitoba started to make a comeback, it was kind of like, oh, damn. Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's get out of here. Let's go. Um, so tough for the Dinos, but they've got a big bounce back ahead of them I have a feeling so uh don't expect them to go to one and three yeah much like we said with Western coming off a loss I think we can apply the same logic here to Wayne Harris and the Calgary Dinos I do not want to play a Calgary Dinos team coming off a loss where they know that they shouldn't have lost that game I uh I fully expect them to come out pissed off ready to go and again, Alberta, get ready. I, yeah, I am, I'm a little nervous for Alberta here. So I am not ready though, to talk about Manitoba as the top team. Nope. Not yet. Because there is a certain team in Saskatoon that is humming. Mason this, Nias, the Saskatchewan Huskies, Adam Mackert. Listen to this stat line for the team. Okay. Mason Nias, 20 of 33 for 385, four touchdowns. Adam Mackert. 11 for 132 and one touchdown. Sam Baker, seven for 54 and two touchdowns. Colton Clawson, three for 96. Oh, and Adam Macker added three for 89 and a touchdown through the air. So he's over 200 all purpose. Sam Baker found the end zone twice. Mason Nice is up around 400. Don't tick off this team. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention their defense. Three TFLs, a couple fumble recoveries, uh, big interception as well, pass breakups, you know the deal. Uh, they're going to start shutting it down, but uh, yeah, Saskatchewan is my top dog still. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to start talking about Manitoba being the best team in the West I shouldn't right say now. Still. I shouldn't say still. I've picked the Dinos still to come out of Can West, but yeah. um, Sask is my top dog. Yeah, with with the green and white with the Huskies, I can't like I can't put Manitoba as the best team in the in the Can West right now. Like I know Manitoba just beat Calgary as well, but I don't even know if I can put Manitoba above Calgary yet. Not yet. Manitoba's been playing well, and they just beat Calgary, but we'll we'll see how they play against Saskatchewan. I mean, they still do have to finish out the season, but it is going to be tight in the Can West. That is one thing we can say with absolute certainty which is you know we haven't been able to do a lot this year in new sports football there's been a lot of uh a lot of uncertainty but queen word of the day man queen's defense yeah let's talk about this one quickly best in the uh, country they're shutting it down statistically the best defense in the country yes and they were on display uh, against carlton i don't know because people are going to say well who have you really played that's a strong offense which is a fair question because they've played Carlton without Tanner and they shut him out. They've played the GGs. They've played Toronto where Rashid Tucker just cut or where 
Rashid Tucker just kind of controlled the game, so the offense didn't really get much of a chance. And they played Guelph, who is still dealing with their quarterback issues and injuries. So people are going to say, like, is this the best defense because who they played? But statistically, there is no doubt. Five interceptions, two sacks, five TFLs, one forced fumble, zero points allowed, 2.2 yards per play. Wow. I think they're the best defense in the nation. Like, I don't even think it's statistically. I, I think when you watch this defense play, when you see how fast they play, when, when you see how they blow up a play with guys like, like Federico coming off the edge or through the middle, wherever it may be, I mean, watching this defense play is just different. Yeah, you can ask who they've played, but they don't control that. They don't make the schedule. It's not up to them. They're in the East. That is who they have to play this year because that is how the schedule falls. I'm fine with that. They're still proving right now with their play that they are one of the best defenses in the country. And when you go out and you absolutely decimate a team like they did with Carlton, 45 nothing, zero points, 2.2 yards per play. Can we talk about that for a second. 2.2 yards per play. That is ridiculous. Here's my thing. Like, are we becoming a Carolina Panthers 15 and one? Where it's like, I guess we'll Panthers, see when they have to play a team from the West. The Panthers, like that whole year when they made their Super Bowl run, just beat up on the bottom of the league and beat up on them bad. And then all of a sudden they got to the playoffs and it was like, oh, close game, really close game, extra close game. And then they get to the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, okay, we're playing a top end team in Denver. And it was just like, Von Miller, oh, hi. <laughs> Um, so who becomes that juggernaut that they're going to bump into? Um, because as of right now, I don't see it happening until they get to a Yates cup. Which would mean likely if it shakes out Queens Western. And I think we're talking this into existence, but I'm worried you're going to curse it. You're going to, you're going to put your Detroit lions curse all over this one. Detroit lions curse. I think it's the Edmonton curse by this point. Well, it comes from from Detroit. I'm not going to, yeah, you know what? You're right. I won't say anything. I won't say anything. (laughs) I won't. I like Queens. Go go. I like how Queens has been playing football this year. Been playing good football. That's all I'll say anymore. That might be too much of a curse already, Connor. <laughs> uh, let's go, though, uh, out to the other end of the 401, out to the other end of the province, the Western Mustangs against the Windsor Lancers. Uh, this oh, was a big boy. This is a big one for me. Uh, this is oh, a big one for boy. the OUA this weekend because a lot of Windsor's not allowed to talk on Twitter anymore. A lot of talk got kind of dispelled. Um, Here's here's what happens, though, is you talk and you talk and you talk and you talk. And then as soon as one major thing happens, I was like, oh, wow, where'd all these these people go that were talking? Windsor's a top 10 team, right? Like, I understand. But like I said, hit the pause button. And this is why you hit the pause button. Because at home, they're 2-0. On the road, they have been obliterated two times. And this one was like obliteration to a T. 25 points second quarter for the Western Mustangs. Uh, I read you off the stats about Keon and uh, their other backup, Yaremchuk, I think his name is. Uh, This is is what happens. I mean, Hillix played well. Uh, They didn't even have Jackson White playing. For the Western Mustangs and the defense, David Adenron went eight for 11 in a fumble. Like that was Windsor's tried and true formula on offense was let's get the ground game going, then hit some deep play action passes. No, not today. 
No, they just got absolutely dominated from start to finish all four quarters in this one. You're right. I mean, you, you said it. David Adenaran is their offensive identity right now. And when you go eight for 11 and a fumble, <laughs> that's going to spell a bad day for the rest of the day. Western just looked like flat out the bigger, better bully on the playground that just kind of walked over to Windsor and said, yep, we're going to eat your lunch today. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Windsor's not allowed to talk about being a top 10 team on Twitter anymore. I don't want to see it. Not right now. Not until you can, you know, turn a 54-4 loss on Western. Not until it's Windsor in that win column making a statement win like this. But as of now, no more Windsor top 10 talk. And that's not a knock on Windsor, but we said that you needed to come out. For us to believe the hype, you needed to come out and at least keep it close with Western. At least keep it close. Not go yeah, that's get, all I asked. Like, all I asked was them to keep play a close game. But you go and you get a 50-piece dropped on your head. No, no, not just a 50-piece. You got a 50-point differential dropped on your head. It's one so thing I'm, to have like a 50-20 to 20 or 50-32 to 32 or something like that. 54-4. to four. So, I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm out on the Windsor Top 10 talk right now. Now watch, because they closed <laughs> their season uh, at Laurier, and then they have Western at home. Watch, watch. Just because it's the OUA West and because they were having, Western's going to go out to Windsor and just have like... <laughs> a big letdown game i i would i would have to eat my words then but i don't think that's going to happen uh in two weeks time for the western mustangs um connor caricello back though for the Loria golden hawks 200 yard performance but it was all defense and special teams two touchdowns uh from the other side the offense didn't find the end zone they won 22 nothing over mac andreas duek Turnovers again. We even saw Keegan Hall get in the game instead of Dweck and have uh, more success through the air. So that is a big question mark for the Marauders going forward in the season. Guelph, 27-10 over Waterloo. Trey Ford had 170 yards on the ground before getting hurt. But that passing attack just looked out of rhythm, out of sorts. It was a couple Gordon Lamb splash plays, but that was all they really had on the day. Guelph did what we said they needed to do in that one, and hey, their defense squeezed the life out of that Waterloo offense. Yes, Trey Ford had a big day, but took the weapons away. And what happens when you take the weapons away? All the room in the world to run, but nobody to throw to. So you can't put points on the board by yourself. Take his weapons away. That's what we saw the Guelph defense do. I will say, before Trey Ford got hurt, he should have had another touchdown, but the big yellow monsters standing at the goal line of each end zone uh, – was a big oh, factor. No. Did he get his Each, arms up? Not oh, yeah. Down. He got it. He got his <laughs> arms up. They had a big day. Three blocks on the day for the goalpost. Two block oh, kicks no. and a block pass. <laughs> uh, the block kicks went one each way for each team. So one team hit the east uprights. One team hit the west uprights. Trey also rang one off the bar for <laughs> the Waterloo Warriors. So that one, uh, tough to see. Might have been a game changer if he had connected. Uh, last game, though, Toronto 25-2 over York. Uh, lots of short fields for the offense in that one, so they didn't have too much yardage. Um, but despite York running for over 100 yards, uh, which I still think is an issue for Toronto, Toronto looked to be more physical. Uh, the offensive line, the big boys, the country boys, I guess I should say, uh, for the Varsity Blues, they came to play, they came pissed off, and they were moving bodies, finesse, pile, Mary brothers, uh, you name it, they were pushing people around. 
But for me, I mean, yeah, great to see Toronto get that 25-2 win. They've struggled historically recently with the uh, with the red-blue bowl. But for me, it's that run game still. Like you said, if you're Toronto, yes, you get a 25-2 win and you let a team go for 200 yards on the ground, but it's, you know, no offense, but it's York. What is this going to look like when it's a Western? Like, if you let them go for 200 yards on the ground, we see what Western does when that happens. Like, this could have been easily a 35 to 10 win if it was a if it was a team that was able to score with their ground game so i mean toronto needs to get that ground game defense sorted out i will say for york they had they had another punt blocked and then they had uh one of cody hale's tfls i believe was a punt that was about to be blocked and then the kicker tried to run away from it and just got dragged down in the backfield so i almost want to count that as a block kick instead (laughs) Um, but the woes continue for York special teams, CFL scoreboard, Calgary over BC 39 to 10 Montreal over Ottawa, 27 to 10 and Winnipeg closer than expected 26 to 16 over the Edmonton Elks prior to the Trevor Harris trade. What is your kind of biggest storyline, biggest takeaway from the CFL this week? That is not Trevor Harris getting traded to Montreal. Your boy Colton Hunchak was really involved in the offense. Yes, he scheme. was. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, Brian Burnham's still that dude. People have been talking a lot about Lucky Whitehead this year, and he's kind of like fallen under the radar. Uh, he had a he had a big game, big couple grabs early on that I was like, oh right, Brian Burnham's still one of the top receivers in the league. Yeah, mine mine would have to be just the quiet. MOP pace that Zach Caleros is playing at. Like when you look at his, like when, when you look at his stats in the game sheet in the, in the box score, like you look at them individually and you're like, Oh, that's a pretty good game. That's a pretty good game. That's a pretty good game. But then when you, when you start to actually dive into it, you're like, Oh wait, he oh like Lord. only missed like six passes. He threw for 200 yards and like two touchdowns. And he's been doing this consistently through the whole season. And now somehow he leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns. And he's the most efficient quarterback in the CFL. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? Because it doesn't look like he's doing this. It just looks like Winnipeg is playing football. And yeah, that is Winnipeg football. They're just damn good at it. And they win. It is in their name. It is in their name. Win Winnipeg. Yeah. First three letters. (laughs) Uh, No, that, that concludes us for today though. Uh, Make sure to go back and check out Marsh and Mello with their CFL breakdown from this week. Uh, the breakdown also coming up tomorrow before Connor and I are back at it with our OUA previews on Thursday, gambling lines, fantasy, you name it, it will be there until then at Connor R. O'Neill at Wade Zank at CF perspective. And if you are out there on the field coaching, you might want to get some of this Fox 40 gear. It makes a difference. People can never complain that they don't hear your whistle. If you're using Fox 40, Uh, Get geared up for game day at fox40shop.com. The worldwide leaders in whistle tech for 15% off CFP 15 when you go to check out. And if you're a coach, we don't need to tell you, but coaching is stressful. It's stressful. Sometimes it cannot be fun. So why don't you unwind when you get home with a nice beer from the Sada City Brewing Company who offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. So you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go to the LCBO when you're tired after practice, after yelling at all the high schoolers that aren't doing what you want them to do because they're high schoolers and they don't listen. So visit sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. 
this October, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be a legal drinking age. That wraps it up for us today. We are out and we will catch you guys on Thursday.